to Gender's a Drag. I'm Rowan, and today we'll be discussing the history of drag. When we think about drag, we're probably most familiar with modern drag idols, such as RuPaul and his show RuPaul's Drag Race. Before we get into the history of drag, I guess we should understand what drag is. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines drag as clothing typical of one sex worn by a person of the opposite sex. Many fans of performers would agree that drag is an art form and a culture rather than just cross-dressing, which is what implied what is implied by the definition. It's easy to see. Drag is a very subjective art form and you can perceive drag a different way from than I perceive drag. And that's okay. That's a part of what makes it such an interesting art form. All right, I promise I'm done rambling. Let's get into our podcast. Enjoy. Modern drag has evolved immensely since the era of Elizabethan theater. During this time, men took the stage to play female characters because it was illegal for women to perform on stage. This was due to the fact that in Elizabethan England, women had no personal freedom outside of their association with their husbands or fathers if they were not yet married. While the theatrical aspect of drag took hold during the Elizabethan era in England, there's a much darker origin story as well. During the pre-Civil War of America, white men would dress up as African men and mock their culture in minstrel shows. When they were praised for their performances, they began to dress as African-American women, applying blackface and wearing clothing similar to that of their female slaves. The actions taken by these men only further oppressed the African-American people, creating a steeper climb when it came to fighting for their rights. Minstrel shows, minstrel shows, as these performances were known, was an American form of entertainment developed in the early 19th century. They consisted of comic skits, variety acts, dancing, and music performances that served the only purpose to mock African-American individuals. Many very early drag queens got their start performing in vaudeville shows. Vaudeville is a family-friendly variety show created by Tony Pastor in 1881. The main focus of these shows was comedy and would often feature a great variety of sketches over the course of several hours. In the time of vaudeville, when drag was seen as comedic relief rather than a culture and art form, we see a secret underground club of sorts begin to pop up. These underground meetings came to be known as drag balls. Drag balls were essentially a safe haven for anyone who did not express the heteronormative views of the time. Unfortunately, these parties were seen as immoral and illegal by the majority of society. As a result, the Committee of 14, which was a moral reform organization, began to investigate the secret get-togethers, releasing reports with exaggerated details in order to make the men involved look perverted. Over time, as drag became more and more popular during the early 20th century, drag balls gained public visibility and people began to see that those who took part in these parties are just looking for somewhere to be themselves without facing discrimination. This led to the attendees being more diverse as well, including individuals all across the LGBTQ spectrum and even heterosexual individuals. 
Once the public realized that drag balls were one big inclusive party, drag performance became very popular very quickly. As drag performers moved from the underground scene of drag balls, they became the sweethearts of Broadway. This all happened very quickly and peaked by the end of the 1920s. As the Great Depression took hold in the 1930s, people saw any threat to the traditional family hierarchy as a major threat to their economic and familial safety. In response to the public's fear, New York City enacted laws targeting the drag community and anyone who supported them. Bars and cabarets were threatened to have their liquor licenses stripped away if they allowed gay men to congregate there. It became illegal for gay men to gather in any state-licensed public place. The extreme action taken against homosexual individuals and the drag community only intensified over the course of the next 30 years, pushing drag back into the closet, erasing any positive momentum they made for the LGBTQ community. In response to the harsh laws enacted by the New York City lawmakers, the drag community and its supporters began throwing secret parties. These parties were infiltrated and drag performers began being prosecuted for participating. While all of this was happening in the United States, over in Europe, the pansy craze was exploding. The pansy craze is very similar to the time of drag balls. Cities like Berlin and Paris offered an escape from the homophobic laws and regulations imposed on drag performers in America. Up until Hitler's rise to power in Berlin, all performers and attendees were free to dress, perform, and do as they wished. Unfortunately, the Nazis were free to arrest anyone they deemed a degenerate. This left many cabaret and drag performers to return to being closeted in fear of their lives. During this time, we also begin to see large cultural shifts in the meaning of drag and how and where it is performed. Up until now, people outside of the drag community knew drag to be considered cross-dressing, men dressing up as women. People began to associate drag with homosexual men, which is where we get our modern idea of what drag is. A homosexual man dressing up as a woman for entertainment purposes. With the public's new understanding of what drag is, we also see drag culture moving from being viewed as a very crass and socially unacceptable act to a true art form. We also see drag performance in bars and clubs, even a pageant for drag queens to compete for the title of reigning queen. The 21st century marks huge milestones for the LGBTQ community, such as the right to legally get married in the United States. With the progression of American beliefs, we also see modern drag to really flourish in this time. This is the form of drag I was talking about at the very beginning of our podcast, RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race. With the first episode premiering in 2009, RuPaul's Drag Race has helped dozens of drag queens gain the exposure they need to become pop culture icons, all the while normalizing drag culture. Since drag is an art form, it is ever-evolving. I think drag will continue to grow and evolve forever, or at least until some crazy person tries to strip people of their rights again. 
I've been talking a lot about this mysterious RuPaul character, and I'm sure you're very curious as to who I'm speaking of if you're not familiar with drag culture. Well, RuPaul was born on November 17, 1960. He was born as RuPaul Andre Charles. He was born in San Diego, but later moved to Atlanta and then to New York to pursue his careers. Well, I guess his endeavors to further gain exposure for the drag community. RuPaul is considered to be the most commercially successful drag queen in the United States. He's been credited with creating wider exposure for drag queens from LGBT culture into mainstream society thanks to his early career chart success um, with his music and then later the successive climb in his show RuPaul's Drag Race. So his talk show, The RuPaul Show, was the first ever national talk show to have a drag queen as a host. Along with his partner, Michelle Visage, he welcomed an array of high-profile guests such as Cher, Lil' Kim, and Diana Ross over their 100-episode span. As well as having a variety of comedy skits, the show was noted for discussing topics such as black empowerment, female empowerment, misogyny, and liberal topics which were otherwise unheard of in 90s television at the time. He's won Emmys for his work, and it's easy to see how he's become the icon that he is. Before we let Malik take over, I just want to say that drag queens have come a long way from being thought of as just men dressing up as women for a good laugh. <clears throat> the women behind the makeup have worked for over 100 years to be accepted as an art form. And while drag performers have faced many bumps in the road to equality, they continually persevere. That headstrong attitude is the reason for their worldwide success today and continued popularity. My name's Rowan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode from Ginger's a Drag, where we focused on the history of drag. Stay tuned for our next episode featuring Malik, where he's going to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3.